0: boss, M.L. Elric, a self-made millionaire.
1: He's quite a guy. This is Mrs. Windsor. She's gorgeous. She's one lady who knows how to take care of herself. By the way, my name is Mark. I take care of both of them, which ain't easy, because when they met, it was murder.
2: Right it's, face. Face. it's gone. What are, you, what are
3: you doing? What are you
2: doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, Emil. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay. You want to go right now? Albert? Well, we're back in a uh, familiar surroundings. Uh, away from the lake, back in the boiling kitchen here on the east side unfortunately one of the problems with having these gorgeous old houses is they have absolutely no air conditioning whatsoever but uh, at least this week i think our internet connection is going to hold up i think you'll be able to see and hear everything which may or may not be a good thing i have to before we introduce the cast and of millions uh show you something i'm very proud of this is the the white soul of detroit hockey jersey. These are on sale at our website, and I'm not mentioning it because I want to pimp the brand, although that's a good idea. But this is my first chance to wear this because I originally got excited about having hockey jerseys so I could wear this when we play hockey, and then the pandemic came and there's no hockey, and this week, on Thursday, me and some buddies are going to try and get back on the ice, so we'll see how that works. We're going to do Temperature checks and mandatory masks everywhere, but on the ice and the bench. So, uh, so we'll you're see. You're an incredibly
0: and, active person. This must be driving you nuts not to be able to, because I know you're going to do a volleyball team and you're always yes, joining the volleyball teams. volleyball team got
2: put on hold. Is um, it driving you nuts? And the, and the summer soccer season is about to start, we think, but we don't know. Uh, no softball, although we're going to try. I'm trying to, you know, and I, I've, you know, I don't want to blow my own horn, but of all the sports I'm bad at, softball is not one of them. Baseball, softball, hey. I can slash, I can run like a gazelle. Hey. Uh, I got a little bit of a Johnny Damon arm, but I can never quite seem to get an invite to play on the neighborhood team. So I don't want to You're feel less Nessman, but, uh, but I could help. I'm here for you. You're a free so, agent. You know where to find me. That's right. I'm a free agent with reagent. Um, we are joining you on facebook live thanks to luke Nowacki, who is our financial advising sponsor again i always tell you this i hope people appreciate this you're only getting part of the show on facebook we love it when you watch it we love to get your comments while the show is in progress but you're missing some of the best parts of the show if you're not also downloading and listening to the whole episode so please watch but also if you can give a listen um Luke is the guy who's making this possible, so we want to thank Luke and let you know that some people save up for something really nice, like an earring that looks cool, (laughs) and they do look cool, or maybe even a time machine that could take you back to the 90s when dudes with earrings weren't pro athletes and were a thing. That sounds hurtful. If you're wondering how that you can budget for a major purchase like an earring or maybe a yacht, call Luke Nowacki at two four eight six six three four seven four eight or email him at lnowacki. That's l n o w a c k i at Wealthstrategies dot com. Pinnaclewealthstrategies dot com. He can assist you to devise a plan targeted to help you reach your financial goals. Yeah. Is that the queue? Securities and investment advisory well, no, services provided through Royal you Alliance just- Associates Inc. member F I R N R S I P C Royal Alliance Service now Separately Owned and other Entities or Marketing Names, Products or Services Reference here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Whew.
0: You changed the out queue.
2: Oh no, I guess where it ends there. Reach your financial that.
0: goals. I thought it was. they will make it all about you, sweetheart.
3: Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and/or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc.
2: He'll make it all about you, <laughs> sweetheart.
3: Securities and okay. investment. <laughs> oh, hey, no! Wait a minute! I, wait it just minute. automatically does you that. just Claim the hell
2: out of that! <laughs> It's like Luke the Butchery. Okay, so we are...
0: <laughs> Not that We again. are... Uh,
2: <laughs> I think we've, we plugged that mess. good and proper. So, yes, we're a little rusty coming back from vacation. You're which the only one that was is, on
0: vacation.
2: It, yeah, it was sort of shameful because we weren't rusty on vacation. It was a complete and utter breakdown. But you know what? We have a special guest.
4: Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean breakdown? You can't well, just do that hanging there.
2: Breakdown, you're busted. Like the song... Isn't it that? Isn't that on the eight track you just got? Come
4: on, no backing so out of that. You can't just leave. In, you can't just leave that. Well, what do you, you mean breakdown?
2: Last week's what show was a. There was a technological. Uh,
4: no, no, no. You're talking about some kind of life stuff that broke down up there. What? What happened?
2: <laughs> what life stuff broke down?
4: I don't know. Yeah. What happened, man?
2: Okay. So, so I, first, I want to welcome our special guest, Kristen Jordan Sheamus of the Detroit Free Press. Who this is? This will be the first 20 minutes since March that she hasn't had to think about the coronavirus. Oh, damn it. Okay. This will be yet another 20 minutes and every, her life has lived in 20 minute increments thinking about the coronavirus. So Kristen, thank you for joining us to answer some questions and help us try and figure out where this thing is going because it seems to be taking a turn. But first I'm going to answer Sean's question because he's an insistent fellow and he's so well attired. Um, I got in a kayak, Sean, and I paddled out to an inlet, and I portaged a little bit into a biological research area. And I sat there, and I watched the birds, and I listened to no sound, and I let the water gently caress the hull of this wonderful recycled plastic kayak. And I said to myself, why the hell am I doing anything but this all the time? And then I got a really a little hungry, and I went and got some food. And then I uh, you would be bored with, that with a trucker, and then we murdered a family. So uh, I was right back to normal. <laughs> You'd be you ate very- some
4: fungus, and you uh, you moved on. That was a nice moment, though. But we don't want to keep Kristen waiting with yeah. your stories about you weeping.
2: Just just so we're clear, <laughs> Matt was not the trucker, and the trucker advised against this. It was against the advice of counsel that, uh, and it was a bad family. You know, oh, it was well then bad. good. Yeah. It was that one you pass on the highway where you're like somebody ought to. That's
0: very Dexter of you.
2: Yeah, everybody's watching TV in the back. Nobody's talking unless they're saying, "Mom, can I use the cord? My phone's running down."
0: Sorry, yeah, I'm sorry I
4: asked at this point. I'm sorry, you asked nice answer, too. Answer, but now we're dragging. All
2: right, let's go. Uh, uh, Sean, any questions for Kristen since you sure. <laughs>
4: Oh, Matt may have
3: some. I don't know. I can I, tell you all about kayaking.
2: <laughs> you'd, you'd rather <laughs> talk but about But you live that. on an island, so you I should live know a little island. bit about
3: that. I got a canal in my backyard. What? I'm on a kayak quite a bit.
2: I'll be there in one hour. All right, just
3: Wait. no existential moments, okay? <laughs> yeah, no,
2: no. Not in my no, backyard. Burgers. No <laughs> existential moments or homicides.
3: Please.
2: Or or you can pick one or the other. Well, Kristen, I, I'm, I'm glad to have you on because we've been hearing a lot from people who – I think I want to be kind and call them uh, virus skeptics who still don't want to wear a mask, um, even though flaming liberals like the governor of Texas is now making it mandatory, um, and who are wondering questions that I wonder myself, uh, and I tend to defer to the experts on this a little more than some folks, but why are we seeing this explosion of cases, but A really low mortality rate that would seem to suggest that this thing isn't as dangerous, although, and I'm no good at math, the Michigan numbers seem to indicate that about 5% of the people who get this were dying. Is that right?
3: Yeah, it's, you know, it's tricky because we are still pretty early in the pandemic and it is a novel virus. So it's brand new. Like we don't have any idea what the actual mortality rate will end up being when this is all said and done. And a lot of it has to do with the general health of the folks who are getting this virus um, when they get it. So if you've got diabetes, if you've got heart disease, if you've got all this stuff going into a COVID infection, you're not gonna do so great, or you're at least not as likely to do so great. And if you're older um, versus younger, the outcomes are, are very different. And so what a lot of people are saying right now, and I mean, the governor was talking about this last week, the folks who are getting coronavirus in Michigan, at least right now, are younger. They're people in their 20s and 30s and not you know that 60 plus subset who are much more likely to have a hard time with the virus.
0: What do uh, experts know about, um, you know, it's kind of impossible because, like you said, it's a novel, but about the long-term effects. Like, what are what are they predicting about long-term effects for even asymptomatic carriers?
3: It's super interesting. You know, I interviewed a neurologist the other day. I haven't written this yet, so you're getting it first on ML
2: show. <laughs> it's exclusive.
3: Yeah, but I talked to this neurologist who works out of Johns Hopkins, and he was telling me that, there are all these neurological effects that nobody's really considered with COVID. And, you know, he described these like three stages of neurological involvement. Um, You know, the first one is the loss of taste and smell, right? Mm. Like I didn't think about that as being a neurological symptom, but it is. And that's like the first stage. And then the second stage is these strokes and you're seeing these strokes, even in young people, like, twenties, thirties, they're having tiny little strokes that might not even be noticed. Um, and they cause things like memory impairment. You know, I talked to a lady who had COVID who told me when she started to recover, she realized she couldn't balance her checkbook anymore. Like that was something she could always do without having to really think about it. But now she would sit down with her checkbook and she was like, I can't figure this out. This is beyond what my ability is. Weird. And that's super frustrating. And what this doctor was telling me was that we might see in like a decade or two, a huge, huge increase in Alzheimer's disease and dementia Uh. among folks who've had COVID because it's affecting the brain in ways that we don't really understand. And he's like, every single person who's hospitalized with COVID should not leave the hospital until they've had a brain MRI so that you know exactly what kind of damage we're looking at.
2: Well, um, thanks for the good news right i was trying to get to the low mortality rate but but uh well haven't they showed
0: haven't they showed a lung damage too for asymptomatic carriers in the uk you know that just when they do a scan they say wow they're they're surprised at how much lung damage there is yet oddly not in asthmatics or smokers because of the difference in breathing yeah so
3: there's really interesting research that's that's going on right now. I just read a paper yesterday about asthmatics. I'm an asthmatic, so I'm always Mm -hmm. very interested in that kind of stuff. Um, But there's some evidence that folks who have asthma who take those long-acting corticosteroids, those inhalers, you know, like Advair, Symbicort, that kind of thing, that those actually offer some protection from the virus. um, And that different subtypes of asthma, for instance, like if you have exercise-induced asthma versus allergic asthma, Those patients have different outcomes with COVID. Some of them do better, and some of them do worse. And it just depends on what kind of asthma you have and what kind of preventive medicine you're taking for your asthma that might actually also help you with COVID.
2: I can also tell you from working with her for many years that Kristen is charismatic. So that's not as bad as the just plain old asthmatic. (laughs) But I want to go back to this question. No reaction from
0: Sean, for the record.
2: Yeah, Sean. Sean uh, Sean actually, when he was younger, had a lot of small strokes too, but he is ashamed of that now. <laughs> that got but, um, Oh, I'm not ashamed of that at all. So I right. think when we started on prom night and uh, extended to the honeymoon. But anyway, uh, sophisticated show. We have a, a a fine a fine person here, and we should probably try and be a little better than we normally are. Um, but um, but maybe we won't. But anyway, uh, so I, I'm hearing from people who don't want to wear masks, and and I'm. I'm i I'm a militant on the masks. Uh, I was at a Lowe's on Sunday in Muskegon and some woman walked up to my wife and she wasn't wearing a mask and we're both wearing our masks and we're in the outdoor gardening area at Lowe's and she's like three feet away and they're talking about each other's shoes and dresses. And I just wanted to grab this woman and say, step back. What the hell are you doing? We don't know who you are. You don't know who we are. You know, what are you doing? But I hear from people who don't want to wear masks and there's always the, you know, the virus is too small. It goes through them and all that other stuff. But I also hear from people who say, well, initially they told us don't wear masks. And then they said, okay, masks might actually be bad. And then now they're telling us to wear masks and Fauci has been all over the map on masks and all this other stuff. Um, Can you walk us through the evolution of the issue of whether you should or should not wear a mask?
3: Yeah, it's super interesting and it's really confusing and a lot of people are kind of twisted up about it. And it's really hard too, like that description you gave of what happened to you at Lowe's when you're in a situation in a store or something and you see people who are coming way too close without a mask on. It happened to me the other day at the grocery store. This guy and his, like, six kids and nobody had a mask on. And he comes walking up behind me, and I, I felt like I could feel his breath on my neck. It was just like he was so damn close. Yeah,
2: he's like, where's the dry cough medicine? Can you help me with that? I got <laughs> Exactly.
3: T- <laughs> and I'm like, ah! Trying not to have a panic attack in the store. Yeah. You know and it's just it's really an awful thing a friend of mine was telling me another guy threw a box of klondike bars at another dude at a store at a grocery store because he was mad that he wasn't wearing a mask um that's kind of interesting but i mean people are getting kind of violent about it but where it all started was you know back in february when we could kind of see that this virus was headed toward the us and that we were (laughs) probably going to end up with you know a good number of infections healthcare workers and you know hospital systems started looking at their supplies of PPE. So those masks, the gloves, the gowns, all that stuff, that personal protective equipment, and they realized they didn't have enough. And then they tried to order more, and then they realized they couldn't get more because most of it was made overseas in China and India. And how do you get masks when they're all being used in China and India to deal with the same virus? And so I think the initial suggestion that we didn't need masks came from this idea that we have to save all the masks and all that PPE for the healthcare workers um, because they needed to be able to have access to it to fight the virus and so they went out and basically made a really huge push don't don't use them don't use them don't use them you don't need them but then we started looking at the infection rates in other countries where mask wearing was pretty common you know you look at the numbers in Japan, for instance, and how quickly they were able to stop the spread of the virus. And it was largely, a lot of health experts are saying anyway, because the society just said, we're going to test like crazy, we're going to contact trace, and we're going to require universal masking.
2: Yeah, none of which we're really doing very well, but.
3: Especially initially, we're getting better at testing. Testing's a lot better than it was. Um, but we're not universally masking. And we're allowing, because we're a country of states that have state rule and can make their own choices and decisions, every state can decide what it wants to do. And because we're also a country that doesn't stay put, like who's going to stay in their own state you know, indefinitely? Everybody goes all over the place. Families spread all over the country and vacationers and that kind of thing. Um, people travel from place to place and bring the virus with them.
2: Just to go back, so are you saying that even from the beginning medical professionals and experts realized masks would be helpful, but they basically said, don't use them because we need them. And they didn't, they didn't have, I guess, the respect or the confidence in us that they told us, can you leave some masks for us? Because if not, we're going to die and there'll be nobody there to treat you when you're sick. Because that, that feels kind of, it feels kind of bogus to me. I mean, that's, that's like saying, uh, if you're, if you're dehydrating, don't drink water because all of us, with the water buckets need some water, but oh you're about to die, have a sip, just a sip.
3: They and then you look. say stick your head in the bucket
2: once we know, have enough um, water.
3: Look what happened to toilet paper, right? I yeah. mean they were really afraid on it? they were really afraid though that people were gonna go out and hoard what? stuff, just like they have with the hand sanitizer and the Lysol wipes and the toilet paper. I mean I, I still can't get my hands on a can of you know Lysol wipes. I don't know when those are going to be available again. And that was the big concern, was people were going to panic. They were going to go out and buy all the, the PPE there was, and then they'd be screwed, and so would we.
4: Kristen, to that point, it's, it's the same reason the World Health Organization didn't change its recommendation until a couple of weeks ago, because they are responsible for plenty of countries without yep. anywhere near the resources we have. And they were f- fearful of a run by the elites of those countries. And I'm talking about monetary elites, right? the wealthy in those countries hoarding the supplies there because I would get that. Anytime I'd write about mass, I would get emails from uh, that sound a lot like what Mike's getting. And I'm sure you get these too. And they would use the the WHO. Well, why isn't the WHO? And I would have to explain, no, they believe in mass. They understand, but scientists have known this forever, right? Right. It's a matter of uh, resources and where you are going to best use them? And to me, and I'm curious what you think, but to me, that's been the hardest point. To get across, because there hasn't been—it's not that they've changed the the uh, the belief that mass work—that's been consistent from the very beginning, right? They mean they work in pandemics or they work in in other Asian countries. They've believed in these for years and decades. But anyway, I'm curious what your take is on on that part of it.
3: You're hundred percent correct. It's convincing people who don't want to be convinced. It's the mindset of folks who think that this is a hoax, that this is no big deal, that this is like the flu, that so what, if you get it, you'll be fine. Um, that somehow COVID is like, you know, her, it's reducing the size of the herd and, you know, eliminating the weak. And, you know, it's, it's actually a benefit to society because it'll get rid of the people who are the weakest, you know, survival of the fittest, that kind of thing. It's, And it absolutely is a hoarding question, too. I mean, I think that's what the WHO, why it was so slow to come around on the mask recommendation. And it's why health officials were, too.
0: Can you explain in English to uh, people with tiny brains like myself? Because there's a big push to have the WHO say that this is an airborne virus versus droplet. Can you explain very simply what the difference is and what that even means?
3: Sure. So... When we talk about droplets, right, we're talking about the actual junk that comes out of you when you talk, when you sneeze, when you cough, right? All that nasty stuff. And there's virus particles in that. What a droplet precaution is or a disease that spreads through droplets is that those droplets have to actually physically touch another person. Either they breathe them in or they touch a surface, then touch their noses or their mouths or something, and that's how they get it. When you talk about an airborne virus, you talk about a virus that is something that can float in the air and that just being in the same room as a person, even if they don't sneeze or cough or there are no droplets that actually hit you, you can still breathe it in and get it. So an example of a really contagious airborne virus is the measles,
1: Yeah.
3: right? So, If somebody has the measles and somebody else goes into that room, even hours later, they can still get the measles. And so there's a lot of controversy over whether COVID is actually airborne or whether it's just a droplet virus.
0: Any idea how long it would stay airborne or do they have any testing on that?
3: That's the question. So that's what they're doing research on now and trying to determine. And there are lots of folks out there who are firmly on airborne side. And then there are lots of folks who are still firmly on droplet side. And that hasn't been solved yet.
2: If it's airborne, could it get into you through your eyes? Yes. Damn. Okay, well, that's that's kind of bogue to think about. Um, I wanted to, another topic that people debate a lot, and, and I've been criticized for criticizing uh, the night anchors on Fox News, who people consider to be members of the media. I consider them to be members of, uh, of another virus category that there's no cure for, but, uh, but that's just me, um, that they were really pushing hydroxychloroquine. And then there was a pushback like, no, it's not good. And now Henry Ford has said in one study that, um, that, yeah, it does help survival rates. But then most of the other hospital systems in Michigan say we would never give it to anybody. I mean, do, where are we on this? And by the way, I should also say, in fairness, when the Fox News people were saying that hydroxychloroquine was no good, Neil Cavuto came out or was good. Neil Cavuto came out and said, it's no good. It'll kill you. Don't take it, so it wasn't just one voice at uh, at Fox, but it was really kind of the 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 knucklehead nightly news guys.
3: Yeah, so hydroxychloroquine' is a really big deal. Um, and there's a lot of controversy about that too. So it's a medicine that they use for malaria and also for some autoimmune diseases like lupus and you know rheumatoid arthritis. And when Trump went on TV and he was talking a lot about like through, through his White House coronavirus task force, he would go on TV and t- just praise up and down hydroxychloroquine and talk about how he was taking it preventively, right, to stop him from getting um, COVID. And there was a ton of criticism about that. And it's become really political. And, and that's the really hard thing, um, because I think Henry Ford got kind of stuck in the middle of this political conversation that it really didn't. Want to be in the middle of. So Trump tweeted last night actually something about it. I just finished writing a story about that this morning. I talked to uh, Stephen Kalkanis, who's the chief medical officer for Henry Ford today, about that. And you know, it was 2,500 people at Henry Ford who were all hospitalized with COVID, and they were all given hydroxychloroquine early on in their hospitalization, like a day or two, right? And before it was
2: kind of a Hail Mary, right? It's like, I'm going out, I'm walking towards the light. Hey, take some of these. (laughs) You know, this is very different.
3: Right. It was a very um, specific system that they used. And they screened out patients who had heart problems because hydroxychloroquine is tied to heart rhythm problems in some people who have those existing conditions. Um, And of the 2,500 patients who got the hydroxychloroquine early on, Um, 26% who didn't get it died, 13% who did get it died. So, it's a half, it cut in half the mortality rate. I don't know if what I said made any sense, but the numbers I kind of
2: threw at you. It sounds like it might be worth taking if you fall into one of those categories where you don't have heart problems and you get it early on in your diagnosis. So, there may be some value to it. And I think Henry Ford is also one of the few institutions in America right now doing a study for exactly what Trump was doing, seeing how it works as a preventative measure, a prophylactic measure. Sean knows about that, uh, mainly the flavored prophylactic measures. But oh, this, is, um, this is one that I think they're just using on uh, first responders and maybe hospital folks. Uh, and that study, as I understand it, is still, is still in the field.
3: Yeah, that's absolutely true. They're still doing that research. And what Calcanus was saying was that they need to do even more research. I mean, you know, there's a difference. They're, they're finding different, different things at different health systems. The, there are other studies that have been done that didn't find any benefit to hydroxychloroquine in patients with coronavirus, you know, and Henry Ford's found the opposite. And the FDA has removed emergency use, use authorization for hydroxychloroquine in hospitalized patients. The FDA is saying you shouldn't be using it anymore unless that patient is in a clinical trial like at Henry Ford. Um, the World Health Organization stopped its trials of hydroxychloroquine in coronavirus patients, citing that there's no proven benefits. So they don't see the point.
2: Ah, but now people will say they're just saving it like they want to save those masks. <laughs> This is the problem that we have. We're not getting consistent messaging. And I understand this is an evolving thing and and we're learning about it. So, So, you know, one of the things that I've read that I think may be true and maybe you can set us straight on this is one reason why the mortality rate is so much lower now is because we have different approaches that we didn't have in March, that we've learned a few things since March that may be helping save people. But I don't know, maybe that's just wishful thinking that we've had some growth on our end.
3: Oh no! I think we have absolutely had some growth. I mean, you know, when this all first began, nobody had a clue. I mean, it was sort of like, "Holy crap! What are we going to do? We got all these people in here, and they're going to really
2: disappear scared. like a miracle, right?"
3: I don't know about that.
2: Okay, but, but they so quickly
3: learned, that. like, if you prone people, so if you flip them over onto their stomachs instead of have them lying flat on their backs, they do better in the hospital. Um, they quickly learned that if they use some steroids, um, a particular type of steroid, in some patients, they tend to do better um, they were trying all these different treatments, you know, antivirals. They were trying this hydroxychloroquine. They were trying a whole bunch of stuff to see what might help. And I think they've kind of found some, some little tricks, but there's no real treatment yet and there is no cure. And so it's, it's really just hit or miss at this point. And the research isn't far enough along to really prove or disprove anything.
0: Based on everything you know right now, uh, There's a lot of uproar about Diamond Lake and the the party going on at Diamond Lake. Oh God. Would you rather be there maskless <laughs> in, in Diamond Lake or would you rather be at an indoor party with uh, 20 people you don't know? Same amount of time, same duration.
3: Yeah, I'd be at Diamond Lake, but I'd be on the outside of the group, like way out as far out as I could be away from the crowd um, because outdoors hands down every time is going to be better than indoors in the sun. Yep. Well, I don't know about the sun, but outdoors airflow is, is what I'm most concerned about.
2: Even though it may be airborne.
3: The fact that there's airflow, that there's a wind, there's a breeze, there's a chance that the virus will be dispersed before it gets to my mouth that strikes me as being better. And I'd be wearing a mask in Diamond Lake.
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that wasn't a choice. And, and other stuff, right? I mean, it's not freaky part. It's not like Jobby Nooner. By the way, what, what are people getting sick from Jobby Nooner? Will we know about that at any point? Um, will there be contact tracing there?
3: That's a good question. I think there will be contact tracing. I mean, certainly now we're at a point in Michigan where when we get positive cases, health officials are asking, where have you been? Who have you been with? When were you there? And if they start seeing a pattern of people who were all at the same place at the same time, they issue a health. Like at Harper's. Like at Harper's, yeah.
2: Okay, well, we're, we're going to let Kristen get to work on that and other questions related to the coronavirus. It sounds like she's got a new story available at Freep.com right now. We always encourage you to support the work of Kristen and other people at the Free Press. You don't have to support Sean. so He's pretty he's doing pretty well <laughs> on his own, um, selling uh, miracle cures out of his garage in Ann Arbor. But uh, please pick up a Free Press. Please subscribe because we can't bring you these stories if you don't give us the means to pursue them. Kristen, I hope you're getting some rest because you've been indefatigable on this, and uh, and I hope people follow you on on Twitter at Kristen Sheamus and on Facebook at Kristen Jordan Sheamus. Uh, we're looking forward to your story tomorrow and all the other stories, and hope that you guys are doing well and stay away from the Partridge family with their dry coughs at the uh, at the local Safeway.
3: All right, thanks, ML. Take care.
2: All right,
0: thanks for having me. Bye. Enjoy. Bye. Everybody. All guests of at on ML Solo Detroit receive a 12 pack of
5: Altus lager.
2: Oh, he loved beer. So, Kristen is doing great work. She is, I mean, when I first got in the newsroom, the four days I was in there before they told us all to go home, every time you turned around, she was writing a story. She was getting on a briefing. She was taking a conference call. She was answering questions for other reporters. And I was sitting a couple rows away just saying, yeah, Coronavirus, let's come on. Let's get past this coronavirus crap sure. so I can get to my work.
0: I couldn't think of the other um, thing I wanted to ask her, which was, would you rather be? Because I do think you know people see the coverage of people partying uh, at Gall Island or at uh, Diamond Lake, and they're really mad about it. But they're outside. There's the sun, and I want—I would rather be at that party than say fly on a plane right now. With uh, that's the other thing. All these experts oh, yeah. said
2: I don't get on a plane. Yeah. yeah. Ain't get on a plane
0: but here they, they are fully stacked Even
2: before the virus people were worried about getting sick sure yeah. um, now they're also worried about getting peanuts so it's tough on those planes but if you're looking for quality <laughs> eats <laughs> oh here's a segue oh what a pro you know they don't got peanuts at the butchery what it's do they place have to go prime meats I go there because they have the best quality USDA prime and all grass fed beef. And their pork is 100% Michigan raised. Let me tell you something. The ground chuck. I know Sean can make some good burgers. Ooh, but these were fantastic. And I can now tell you that the chicken was outstanding as well. And it's convenient. You can get your meat in any portions you want. Everything from a single steak to half a cow. Everything chef Dave puts out is made in house, like their high end sausage and brats. And even his wife's delicious homemade desserts, which I can also tell you, five pounds later are very delicious. You don't have to gain five pounds. I just kind of ate them all at once. (laughs) All this month for listeners, Chef Dave is giving a free pound of bacon to everyone that spends $50 or more and tells them that ML sent you. Get your free pound of bacon when you spend 50 bucks. The butchery is on Orchard Lake Road. It's easy to find. Just take Telegraph to Orchard Lake Road and head west. I promise you it's worth the drive. It certainly was for me. And I came from the east side. Call 248-682-COWS. 682 C O W S or visit the website. The I wasn't sure. Is yeah
0: you got had to remember how to spell cows. i I'm glad, and, and
2: I'm I wondering. had it written down. That's how <laughs> it. so it's 248-682-COWS. Uh, if you want to do 248-682 go ahead, but you're gonna get the wrong number. Uh the butchery is better for those of you who know the internet. The best place for prime meats, eats. And treats. I won't change my mind on anything, regardless of the facts that are set out before me. I'm dug in and I'll never change. Before we get into our great debate, there's something that there's no debate about. And it, I'm not just saying that because they're kind of intimidating. That's Death Wish Coffee. Thousands of Drew and Mike listeners who are badass are already drinking it. If you run a business and you want to get more productivity out of your employees, then you need to go to deathwishcoffee.com right now. Stop watching. Go there right now. Yeah. Open a new window. You do two things Get over there and order some for your team. They'll be that is Unless they are – there's some bad words here. Then don't order any Death Wish coffee because they won't be able to handle it and they'll die. Or if you don't <laughs> want your people to be any more productive – and then on ahead and keep them drinking weak coffee. I used to work in a paint store. Glenn Oshnock, my buddy, I got to, I got to reach out to him. Let me tell you something about Glenn. He would brew a cup of a coffee. Yeah. And then he'd leave the pot on there. And he'd leave it on there until it was like tar. Yeah. And then he would have some. And then he'd say, I want you to do this. And before he finished saying what he wanted to do, he had done half of it. So he'd just walk around with this coffee and say, uh, what next, boss? And he'd get well, Glenn Oshnock does not work for you. So you're going to need Death Wish Coffee to get your employees (laughs) off their ass and not be a bunch of bad word, bad words. (laughs) We all drink it on the show because we love strong coffee and it's delicious. Sean could use some. um, (laughs) Where is Sean still with us? It's new to our show, so we're gonna try and uh, we're gonna try some of this coffee, so we can't fire things up. So go there right now. Make sure you use promo code DREW15, that's Drew fifteen. That's D R E W fifteen at checkout to save fifteen percent off your order. If your office drinks a lot of coffee like we do, then you'll save a ton of money using promo code Drew fifteen at checkout. Glen knock fifteen. We Not haven't worked out that thing. code yet. No, so uh-uh. Drew fifteen at checkout. That's Death Wish Coffee. We're glad to have them with us here on. The soul of Detroit, and now our great debate, which is really an extension of our conversation earlier, except we're kind of turning the lens back on the media, because when I when I think of the great work that Kristen's done, uh, I think of some of the other work that's been out there. Some of it may be a little more politicized, and here's where I'm going to take a shot, maybe at some of the people on MSNBC who tend to gravitate towards the other end of the political spectrum, um, where they'll say, "Oh my God." look at all these protesters in Lansing without their masks and with their guns. They're all going to die. They're going to kill everybody and not because of the guns because of the coronavirus. It's a new hotspot. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then we're marching around Detroit for a month straight with a bunch of people saying we need to change the way we police America. And you don't hear people, the same people as concerned about whether or not, this is going to kill people. Or maybe they say it might kill you, but this is worth it. Well, maybe the Second Amendment is just as important to people as the First Amendment is to others or the 14th or any of these other amendments. But, but one of the things that, that I, I worry about is that is that facts get shaded. You know, Should we now be doing stories saying, hey, Andrew Cuomo, I don't think you got the 40,000 ventilators you said you needed in New York but it doesn't seem like things are getting worse there. So I guess my question distilled to its oh. its basic elements is, are we letting people down? Are we raising some issues and then letting them just drift and moving on because we're either too tired, too busy, or it doesn't suit our worldview to come back and say, hmm, doesn't seem like a lot of those people who are in the capital. Our, our buddy who was on the show a couple months ago, he still seems to be alive and well.
0: Yeah. And, and he got a lot of crap for it too, but you really don't hear that, like you said, with the protesters uh, for you know post George Floyd. I, my problem with it is why isn't anybody asked Cuomo about this or Whitmer? Like, was there any concerned about? Why? Where are those questions? And that that's been the very disappointing aspect to it. Yeah,
2: and, and with Whitmer, I don't remember her saying we need you know forty thousand ventilators stat. But I, I certainly remember Cuomo saying, "If we don't have ten this out, tens of thousands of ventilators, you know, we're going to have to turn out the lights in New York." And I don't think they got the ventilators. No, but Whitmer, the, Whitmer, the Whitmer numbers are very, going down in New York.
0: Whitmer was very mad at you know Operation Gridlock outside of the Capitol. She was very mad at those people, and yet she really didn't bat an eye at the protesters in Detroit. In fact, she yep. joined one of the protests, um, albeit with a mask on, but still. Uh, has anybody? I haven't seen the answer to. Well, why were you mad at these people and their protest and their gathering, but not these people and their protest and their gathering? It's it's just so yeah.
4: masks. Uh, that's it. It's not any more complicated than that. It's just masks. And so far, the stories out there, if you believe it or not, the protesters have not led to spikes because they're by and large in masks. But forget all that for a second let me ask you guys this but
2: there oh, was but, but but
0: wait a sec though no there was no there was no spike <laughs> with the operation gridlock either and there were a lot of people that had masks on there were a lot of people that stayed in right, the cars. because how many
4: people were there there were 50 people there you know what I mean so think well, I think there, were, I think no
0: there were a lot I think there were a lot more than that but not nearly the amount that were in Detroit They're talking
4: about all the Capitol steps sure everybody else the first time they protest everybody was in the cars. so they' were all social distance there were people, there, there were the, people out Concern was directed not in the people in their trucks, but in the, the folks on the steps, and that was 50, 60 people.
2: Well, right? no, when, when, when I was there, Sean, I was for the one that was a little less, uh, shall Second we say, uh, I was the one where it was raining like hell and people mm-hmm. didn't go inside and they, you, we didn't have people with the guns inside the Capitol. We're basically lawmakers bugged out because they were worried about this. People were getting very close. Now, maybe the rain was just wiping out the virus. But, you know, the, and, and certainly the protesters in Detroit do wear more masks per capita than the folks in Lansing. But there's still a lot of people without masks last. Oh, no, there uh, are. We, we showed people, those folks on cop cars, you know, without masks, you know, well, maybe the sure, windshield but the, protected but, them. But but.
4: the percentages are, I mean, first of all, none of those folks had masks on. But again, it's a small number of people. But to the uh, and yeah. I know the gatherings in Detroit
2: aren't that big anymore at this point, right? But Sean, I think they're down to hundreds, and some nights they're yeah, pretty light. So, but you but don't just think, as you important don't think that as masks was a, with social distancing, and there's no social distancing, people oh, come I mean, and say, they Get shoulder. For, yeah. for
4: either one of them, right? Sean, yeah, right. Positions from one
0: of them. will and you admit that though that is 100% a political calculation on her part, exactly, Sean? On, on her part? On Governor Whitmer's part.
2: To, to say that the people in Lansing are probably going to prolong the lockdown. That was her comment on national TV that upset a lot of people. In fact, it brought people out for the second or third protest because they're like, after I saw her say that on TV, I was with her until then.
4: I, I, I just, yeah, of course it's political, but it's also based on mass. I mean, I and mass are political. So in that sense, it's absolutely political. But let's get back to the 40,000 ventilator comment yes please so uh, to me science reporting is is similar to crime it's like crime reporting so what you're asking not you guys but so what some folks will be asking is if somebody's arrested and then charged are we not going to report on that until they're convicted or not that's what we're talking about right we report when somebody's arrested and then charged and we have no idea if they're innocent or guilty it's the same with science reporting they thought they needed the ventilators because they had freezer trucks outside handling corpses and their hospital system was overwhelmed for a short window. Mm-hmm. And they were, the scientists, the public health doctors were extrapolating that out, right? So they were projecting. Well, the projections are wrong. And that's okay. That's how science works. You think that it might be based on this and it turns out not to be true. And it, but that's what we do as journalists every day with so many things. And to me, it's that's why I like into crime reporting. So you, what are we going to do? We're not going to report on arrests anymore because that person might be innocent. i i no. agree
0: i agree the only thing i would like to see though is you know it's relied there's a lot at least with television reporting it's a lot of anecdotal stories and they're really horrific that people that got it. i wish there was a little more balance for uh, kind of a macro view an overall view um maybe for a region you just because you know feelings work better than facts especially in storytelling and i don't I do. you know a lot of it is on the consumer but i would like to see a better balance when you see an anecdotal story where a guy who and his whole family got COVID and, and died at like, you know, I, I feel like there's a, not much information there.
2: Yeah. And, and th- this is where I, so to use your analogy, Sean, a crime reporting, I think it's a perfect analogy, but we don't just report on the arrest and the trial. We report on where they bound over for trial. Uh, was there, was there, were there witnesses at the preliminary hearing? Were there motions that are going to exclude evidence or that may bring in new evidence? And we only report on crime if it's a big enough case, but I gotta believe the biggest pandemic in over hundred years qualifies as a major crime that we would report every right. quarter and turn they, on.
4: They did report on it, right, Mike? They uh, reported it, because they, New York shut down. No, no, and it I, kept people apart. So that obviously had a huge effect.
2: No, but I, I'm with you, Sean. But here here's where I as as a reporter who reads voraciously about coronavirus. I myself have a question about the ventilators. Where are they? Is GM still making them? Are the ones that they came up with, are they working? Are they being stockpiled somewhere? Because I think, The 40,000 that they needed for New York. Yeah, to me, I'm like, build 40,000 if we don't need them, better safe than sorry. But are we glad we built them? Because now they're sending them to Texas. Now they're sending them to Florida. Now they're sending them to Arizona. We're now hearing that ventilators might not be such a good thing, or you don't want to put them on. I mean, I guess what I'm wondering is, I want to know what the situation is on ventilators, because at one point, the whole issue was ventilators, ventilators, ventilators. We went back and looked at the national stockpile. Did we have ventilators? Why were the ventilators we have? Why didn't some of them work? Trump was saying they were all garbage. Obama didn't leave us any. Turns out he left like 17,000 of them. That we spent millions, if not uh, millions of dollars coming up with a new design. So we'd have lots of ventilators, but then that contract went nowhere and the company took the money, got bought by another company and they didn't want to do it anymore. This is just one of these things where to use your crime analogy, I kind of feel like we covered the arrest. I kind of feel like we covered the arraignment. I feel like we told people what the bond was set at, And then we moved on and I know there's so much to cover and there's so few of us why I think it's so critical that people to subscribe to newspapers, because when there are fewer reporters, you can't be as thorough as you would like to be. But I'm still sitting here saying, where is that story? Because I just don't know. I'm not reading stories about where these ventilators are and whether it turns out we really needed them or we should keep building them because when the second wave happens, well at least thank God we flatten the curve because when the wave hits we're gonna need a hundred thousand of them. And even though we screwed up in the beginning, we've we've had an opportunity to, to make up for that lost time. I just don't know. And I read a lot about this shit.
4: I don't know if we screwed up or if it just was or we were a little slow to react. It's hard to know. But hospitalizations dropped because of actions taken by us as a society, which we reported. PPE equipment went up, which we reported. I mean, there's a certain logic to this. It's like the mask issue. We were just talking about with Kristen. It wasn't that hard to figure out masks were effective. From the very start. yeah, That's never been in doubt. All you had to do was go to the World Health Organization website and understand why they were arguing what they were arguing and go to the CDC and understand that. It took five minutes. That's it. The information's been out there. Newspapers across the country have been reporting on this from day one. There's not, a, the, this idea that we're so confused is bullshit. Excuse my language. <laughs> the, 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 it's been out there. It's, it depends on what you want to go read. It's up to you.
2: Well, that's the cherry picking is a problem because I wrote in the free press in March that Mayor Duggan said, we're not sure that you should wear masks. So somebody can find a story under my bin that says, Mayor Duggan, Savior of Detroit. Hold, oh, no, 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 but but hold on a second, why? Sean. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to help you here, brother. But that was the last time I wrote that because every time Duggan has spoken about the mask issue since then, he said, wear masks. Nice. And if your business is not enforcing the mask rule, I will shut you down. The problem here, again, we get the government we deserve, we get the media we deserve, and you get the society you deserve. So if you want to argue that you shouldn't wear masks and you pick a story I did from March and you ignore everything I did in April and May and June and now going in July, that's on you, brother.
4: But well, What was the why in your story? What was the why? What was the reason? Or did you not write a reason?
2: Well, no, it was in May. He said, you know, we don't know enough no, 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 about no. this. The first, yeah,
4: the with the first Duggan quote. What, yeah, was it, there I context mean, in that story.
2: The context was we're not sure yet, so we're not recommending it. You know, so it had I mean, it,
4: to do with the the uh, resource
0: issue.
2: No, and and at that point, you know, it sounds like the WHO wasn't being upfront about it being mainly a resource issue.
0: That's why there's a lack of trust because the message keeps changing, and that's why people don't like it. But once again, that goes, I think, on the consumer of you know getting more information. And to that point, there was a question raised. I thought very good question. I'd like. But I'm a
2: consumer, and I don't know what the answer is to the ventilator, and I'm looking for the answer to that story.
0: Fair, fair enough. Um, But and I forgot who did it because the comments have gone by. But wondering, should the FCC bring back the fairness doctrine? which was a rule they had in place for a long time. It it was applicable to just people with uh, broadcast license, radio, television, over over the air, so not even necessarily cable. So I don't know how much it would help, but the fairness doctrine was that it would have to present both sides of an issue. It was pretty much wiped out as a violation of, I guess, a a corporation's free speech to make money. Uh, to give, you know, to spoon feed their audience what they want. But I didn't know what you guys' opinion was on the Fairness Doctrine and if uh, if there was anything like that, say, for a newspaper.
2: So I love the Fairness Doctrine, and newspapers absolutely should present both sides. I think we're way yeah. better at that than some of our brothers and some of my former colleagues, and I'm a former TV guy myself. 100%. Mainly because we have limited time and we churn out a lot more stuff under harder conditions than newspaper reporters, which I say uh, – uh, in all Canada, my newspaper colleagues who think TV guys are mostly clowns, but uh, that's just applies to Rob wallcheck But um, but the, here's and I think the fairness short answer yes. Bring back it change fairness doctrine. Would it change Here's anything? the caveat with the fairness doctrine: after two and a half hours of Trump at the podium, you get two and a half hours of Biden in his basement. But that's that's, e- fairness, that's, e- but,
0: that's equal time. Uh, you know, fair, fairness doctrine's a little different. But I, I just I don't think it'll change anything. Because Fox will still operate on cable as they are. CNN and MSNBC will still operate on
5: cable as they are. It might weed out uh, some of the bad journalism, at least. I don't think so. Well,
2: Uh, what would happen is instead of people saying, I hate MSNBC and watching Fox, they'd watch Fox – then the fairness guy would come on and say, "I'm switching to <laughs> MSNBC to hope that the guy who agrees with me is on MSNBC." So it just it would really do a lot for channel surfing. Yeah, I don't think it would because do we're cherry picking all. the information. I think that's kind of where Sean's going they're, to. We are looking for right. what justifies our worldview, and guess what? You're coughing reporting. yourself to death doing that.
4: Fox and Fox and, and MSNBC don't MSNBC don't break a lick of news. They're they're not reporting. It's a their opinion channels. That's fine. It's like it's like twenty four hours of editorial writing. Yeah, please
2: fine. do not call them news channels. Don't there's call them place,
4: news. Ch- there's a place for that in our society. But, obviously, obviously, we have it in our newspaper. It would be incredibly hypocritical for for me to say that there's no place for that. I mean,
1: Christ
0: yeah, uh, they, bad. they have they have reporters though. Both of them have reporters out there. I they're I don't, not
4: doing it. They're yeah, they're in a scrum. It's all for show, so folks can watch Hannity and Rachel Maddow. Right. That's the, where the, the money's two, made on both sides of the spectrum. It's all just, uh, you know, gr- green beans until you get to the roast beef.
1: That, that, that's, by the way, I love green beans.
4: And finally the bacon from the butchery, but it's, um, when I do that, actually. but it's, uh, yeah, that, that's all this is. I'm uh, sorry. Now
2: who's throwing the free plugs around? You're going to have to put a governor on these guys. Okay. So bottom line, is the media, are we? I'm, I'm in it. Are we doing our, our best job in giving people all information they're entitled to on the coronavirus? We can always
0: do better. We sure. could always do better. Yeah. With more resources, you could always do better, too.
2: We just right. agreed. Because I say the same thing, but I would like to see somebody put these questions to Cuomo and Whitmer. Maybe they are, yes, and they're just not making it out in the reporting, but it's no problem for some reporter. And it's New York. Who the hell's not thinking I'm going to be an asshole at a press conference just to say, hey, what about all them ventilators, Andy? <laughs> Come on. <laughs>
1: oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth.
2: I do that? What a
1: dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys?
2: the week this week is brought to you by somebody who's not geeky. In fact, they're quite sophisticated and very good at what they do. Of course, I'm speaking of our realtor sponsor, Lindsay Broadwell. When it's time to move into a new house, whether you're buying, selling, or both, you need to contact Lindsay Broadwell. Your house is one of your most valuable investments, and that's why you need an agent you can trust and that knows the business inside and out. Lindsay started her career at Hall Financial, and now she's an expert in real estate. Lindsay will make sure you get the most out of your house, and everything goes smoothly, By finding you a new home that fits your lifestyle, buyers, sellers, especially first-time buyers, make sure you contact Lindsay Broadwell at broadwellhomes.com or 248-767-7767. Licensed retailer at REMAX Nexus. That's broadwellhomes.com. You can find her web address and her contact information on our website, which is mlsoulofdetroit.com. Again, Lindsay, not a geek. But this week, oh, my goodness, we may go two hours on this. And I'm going to start with a local <laughs> zero, a fellow named de Duchambeau, who happens to be some big galoot who can beat the shit out of a golf ball. Well, before oh, he man. won the Rocket Mortgage Classic at the Detroit Golf Club, big bad Bryson got mad because a photographer, a videographer showed him on camera not being happy about one of his shots. <laughs> and it wasn't that he caught a candid moment. It's that he didn't think it would help his brand. Yep. Well, guess what your brand is? Douchebag. That's Anyways, right. <laughs> uh, moving on, which also has a D and a B in it, but it's just reversed from the B and the D from Bryson Deschamps. And maybe he goes Bryson D.C. I don't know how these these (laughs) fancy uh, French guys on steroids do it. Uh, Now we go across the pond to an open meeting, or is it a pubic hearing? It's kind of a play on public hearing. Bernardo (laughs) Bustillo, a municipal counselor in northern Spain, offered to resign after inadvertently broadcasting video of himself showering during an online council meeting (laughs) that was being, wait for it, live streamed. As his colleagues considered plans to clean up a local river, an image of him showering appeared on the bottom left of his screen. Much of it blurred, thankfully, by a pane of frosted glass. The sound of running water drowned out the constant ringing of his mobile phone. Guess who was calling him? Frantic colleagues (laughs) trying to warn him, dude, I can see your junk.
0: But not them, so who gets it? I have a oh, We got more. Oh, oh there's we're not more. Even. We're
2: just, we're just, uh, I'm just getting warmed up. Okay. Baird bums.
0: Is the uh, Ayn Rand Institute on there for accepting a government PPP loan? Wow. Uh, which uh, is the uh, I- oh, irony of all irony.
2: Atlas reached. <laughs> is that what you're telling me? John yeah. Gantt was feeling uh, his pocket was getting a little gaunt. <laughs> yes. Is it John Gantt or John Galt? Uh, John Galt. Galt.
4: Yes. No, these are the great people among society and they need handouts, right?
2: Well, if we went through the list of people who got PPP who didn't deserve it, we'd be back to our great debate where Mark said, just shovel the money and everybody will grab it.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And somehow we still, with all the fraud and all the inappropriate grants, people not promising to hold jobs for people, people saying they'll create zero jobs, we still have $130 billion left over. How the hell did that happen? Uh, no, sorry. Um, uh, our, our next candidate for Geek of the Week are two separate newspapers, one on the right mm. and one on the left, who recently used uh, Nazi images to try and make a point. At the weekly Islander News in Key Biscayne, Florida, a contributing cartoonist depicted Trump saying, Chuck the Constitution, and he drove his point home by having a partially obscured swastika on Trump's suit jacket. Not popular. Oh, well, a guy in Topeka, Kansas, tried to one up him by saying that the governor, a Democrat, who has been saying you've got to have masks in public, that um, that she was like uh, she was like a Nazi, and that um, her coronavirus-inspired order for people to wear masks in public was similar to the mass murder of Jews by the Nazis during the Holocaust. Uh, <laughs> he later said, wow. "It's not my intention." to heap more grief on this historical burden. And it's apparently, it's apparent I previously lacked an adequate understanding of the severity of their experiences and the pain of its images. You didn't understand the Holocaust sucked. (laughs) So the lesson (laughs) for the right and the left is what compares to the Nazis? Nothing. So let's leave it that way. Amen. This one speaks for itself. Kanye's running for president. Okay, that was quick. So, our winner for <laughs> Geek of the Week is Damien Bend. Unless you guys want to pile on, that was just no, so no, easy. No, 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 that's I mean, fine. That's good. That's, that's I mean, a, just, lot you know, of,
0: a lot of nominees. Damien yeah. Bend
2: is the uh, winner. Damien Bend, and we will have this video on our website, mlsouledetroit.com. He was arrested for arson oh. in connection with a house fire that was started by somebody illegally using fireworks. Uh, after investigation, it turns out the suspect was Damien Bend. <laughs> Video released by the fire department in New York shows a firework shot from Bend's hand enter a house through an open window. Then while he and his buddies jack around and fire off more fireworks, you can see the fire in the window creeping up Bigger. and creeping up. Bigger, yeah. Bend then goes into the house. Again, the last thing you should do in a burning house to retrieve more fireworks and then he understands, oh, shit, that's my house burning, goes in and he's running out because it's over. So, Damien Bend, you are a geek of the week. And, friends, you can see it for yourself. The you
5: kids are soft. I don't care for that guy.
2: Me neither. Too yeah. soft.
5: I'm going to pretend like you need this to make my dick go soft. You
2: this week in soft history is, is uh, features our friend Professor Matthew Jennings. It is brought to you by Matt. Come on, it's a free one. The Butchery. Okay, great. And David Hall and Hall Financial. Who and David <laughs> Hall. And they great, care about the funny. community. That's why they eat really good meat. And they're working from home because they got to keep their strength. Actually, I think some of them are back in the office. And from what I'm under, I'm told. They are going crazy. They are so busy because this is such a great time to refinance. So if you haven't refinanced in the last year, Hall Financial is here to help. Now's the time to lower your monthly payments and keep some extra money in your pocket as we go through these turbulent times. Refinancing can save you money not just by getting you a lower rate, but you might be able to skip a couple payments. So call my man, Dan Morrison, at Hall Financial. That's 248-308-5000. Hall financial lower payments, better options, more personal attention, and you can link to their website from our website, ML Soul of Detroit. And with all of our sponsors, they're here with us because you're here with us and because they want you to go with them. And we've done business with most of these people so we can yep. say with a clear conscience that they'll treat you right. David Hall, NML S1467435. Professor Jennings, what knoweth thou about thine week in Thus I, I, that didn't work at all. I, I'm sure you you'll do much better. Well, I'm good to you, man, to that... brother. You could you could you could poll vote that bar I set up with a cocktail stick. Uh, I think people call them toothpicks here in the Midwest. I'll give it a try. They call them dessert down south. That's, oh, that's a redneck sweet. dessert. Especially them cinnamon ones.
5: Take it away. surprise winning journalist us. everybody.
2: Yes, how far I've fallen. <laughs>
5: Okay, let's get started on our history class, gentlemen and ladies who are listening. Which Bueller, Detroit Tiger, George Mullen threw his first no-hitter in Tiger's history on July 4th, 1912, winning the game with a score of 7-0. to And 99 years later, the next no-hitter was thrown by Justin Verlander in 2011. So prepay your tickets, folks. Because July 4th in the year 2110 is going to be a great game
2: for the Tigers. And we'll have a vaccine. Uh, So I got to tell you, a buddy of mine, super baseball freak, great guy, great ball player, uh, was a scholarship player at Oklahoma State until he hurt his shoulder at that time. And you know how he hurt his shoulder? He was playing defensive back in a touch football game against the football players, and he picked off and ran back a pass thrown by.
0: Oh, uh, man, Sargent. I'm 40. Oh, really? Gundy, who was their quarterback? Mike Gundy. Really?
2: So, he, so my buddy picked Gundy, eh, it's worth the ran injury. it back, got clobbered, jacked up his arm. They didn't do rotator cuff surgery back then for college ball players, ended his career. Sean, He had, he had tickets to that Justin Verlander game in the second <laughs> oh, really? row. He's the biggest baseball freak I know. Forgot about the tickets. <laughs> Missed it. Oops.
4: You really, did you? You said I have to tell you. Did you really?
2: Yes. Sean,
0: will uh, will baseball start uh, this year? I know they put out the schedule yesterday, and if so, how many games do you think they make it before the season's called?
4: So you and Mike are this board with Matt. Is that what's going on?
0: Here? Well, no, we're on baseball, and I, I you just we're, a lovely story
2: about the Tigers. You don't and like uh, Matt, at all we're further. We're helping Matt succeed by setting up in contrast to you.
4: I'm sorry, Matt, that uh, they're they're stomping. That was over. a thinker. I
0: don't
2: know. Uh, I'm sorry too.
4: Sixty games, thirty games.
2: You think it's gonna?
0: Games. You think it's gonna go that far?
4: Uh, I don't know. Who knows? You know,
5: that's a sports I the, writer talking right now. I take the newspaper approach. Just thinking the same know. thing. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> Matt. I like Elric. I don't know everything. <laughs> no, ahead. but the thing
2: <laughs> is, the, the thing about baseball, I didn't realize, is they're gonna travel. Yes. So you got a bunch of guys who are probably not. You, didn't that you,
4: thought, you thought every game was going to happen at Co-America?
2: Well, no. At one time, they were talking about doing it in Arizona, till it turns out that Arizona is, you know, a like it's like uh, uh, on the yeah, on the death doorstep. But, unlike,
4: but the, uh, look, man, that's been reported for a while. It's you know. I'm going to defend newspapers here. I'm going to defend the media and say that's been reported for a while.
2: No, no, no.
3: I'm
2: <laughs> I'm not saying that wasn't reported. I think I think you wrote about that right after your ventilator <laughs> column. But um, but uh, just scroll back in the show, yeah, that, that was everywhere. that was that was genius. Yeah. Right. If if you right. you know if you didn't catch it, that was that's worth getting. But but you're going to have one Aubrey Huff on these planes first, and off. you're going to have the other 29 guys get sick, and they're going to land in Cincinnati, and the Tigers won't be able to field a team. Or some of these stars are going to opt out, and I'm going to be watching, you know, the White Caps versus yeah. the Evansville Triplets, uh, starring, no yeah, starring Aaron Judge, who hits 700 home runs in one game. I mean, yeah. yikes!
4: No, they're going to try to start, and we'll see. I mean, yeah, it's 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 very possible we won't have a, a full season, or um, even a short and full season. On probably makes no sense until what January, Mark. I mean, we, we yeah. might not be seeing sports for a while. That's a real possibility. I really don't. But think
2: they're going to so. try. So, so are off. you saying that sports are history? Because I know somebody who knows a lot about history, no. Mr. Matt Jennings, editor of <laughs> <laughs> Soft Magazine. Right. Hey, Mark, you want to play the outro, please? <laughs> kind <laughs> <Good> of. <one. laughs>
0: what, what, right else, what else? What else? All
5: right, about? and uh, let's go forward a little bit. In 1976, according to the Detroit Free Press, in 76, Chief Justice Donald Leonard said all 20 judges unanimously agree that they would handle courtroom business in a minimal fashion unless they had two officers in the courtroom and added, this is a court that handles some of the most dangerous felons in the country and people should understand this. Why is this an issue? Police cuts. Just one great example why defunding the police is a great thing for our community.
2: History with a lesson. Bravo. Exactly. By the way, if you read uh, some of the uh, reporting on a a town in California that defunded police, uh, officer shootings actually went up because the officers, there were fewer officers. They were more poorly trained or they were not as well trained. They were exhausted as hell. And the only cops who stayed on the jobs were the only cops that no one else would hire, which are the last cops you want to show up. So uh, thank you, Professor.
5: All right, and finally, in 1988, Stevie Wonder announced that he would run for mayor of Detroit. What? In a sound-off segment in the Detroit Free Press, they asked Detroiters, would you support Stevie Wonder for mayor? The nose headed at 58%. One reader said, we already have one blind mayor, and look at the predicament we're in. The yeses were at 42%, with a reader stating, even though he's blind, Stevie Wonder can see the troubles facing Detroiters much clearer than Mayor Young. Now, get this exactly 15 years to the date, Detroit, the Detroit Free Press sued for the rights to publish a mugshot of Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick, which means we still have a hard time trusti- trusting Detroit leadership. No wonder. That's fascinating.
2: You know, Matt, your segments now like 15 minutes long. What are you doing, dude? Can you I'm listening, to you guys yak most of the time it feels like I'm watching the view. Actually, I think your segment is actually 45 seconds long, and uh Thank you, Matt. Uh, Professor Jennings, thank you very much for that history lesson. And I have to tell you one of my favorite Drew and Mike drops of all time is Stevie Wonder singing the John Kerry song. Oh yeah. At and- the weirdest times, I'll just be standing there and I'll hear, "We need Kerry." To carry us back from the day that we were walking toward, we need carry. And unfortunately, <laughs> we don't have it anymore, and I can't find it anywhere. I, I can't find it online. I've nowhere. looked. I've looked uh.
0: high and low, and I cannot find it anymore. So that sucks. It's a bummer. Thank uh. you, Matt.
2: I love you guys.
1: We <laughs> get. Uh- Six oh nine, and you can dance together all night, you've got the time.
2: So this week, after uh, a month of power outages, and when I look at the August personages with whom I share this 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 Zoom gathering, which is convened by our friend Joey Zuber, I look back at new wave music, and I have to ask myself a question that the Tube Army asked us, which is, our friends Electric. So, uh, there may be some people out there saying that sounds really familiar. I know mm. I've heard that voice. Yep. I know that sound. Anybody know the answer? No. can think of their name. No. Gary I'm, Webb. You know who Gary Webb is? I no, do you don't know. know who Gary Webb no, is. Who's Gary but Webb? You know him by his other name, his stage name, oh. Gary Newman, the guy who did Cars. Yep. Way Army was the first band that uh, that really went anywhere involving Gary Newman, who, who had a mega hit uh, called Cars. You probably still hear it. If you go see him in concert, you will see it because <laughs> there ain't much else in the Gary Newman catalog that people know about. This actually was the very first synthesizer-based new wave tune to be number one in the UK. So it was really? somewhat successful. But after the first album, Gary Newman, who was kind of an odd duck, Decided he didn't want to really perform. He didn't like the name anymore, so he just performed under the name Gary Newman. He came up with the name Newman not because he watched Seinfeld, but because he looked in a phone book and saw some plumber named Alfred Newman. Changed the spelling of the last name from the German spelling, which had a couple extra e's and u's and m's and n's, to N U M A N, and started out fronting the band uh, under his own name, the eponymous Gary Newman. He uh, was wow. kind of interested in new wave stuff, new age stuff, not just synthesizers and music like that, but science fiction, which is also one of the things I really like. And this song, Our Friends Electric, is, is, has some DNA. It's inspired to some extent by a Philip K. Dick story called hmm. Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? That's another story that you know, but you don't know that you know it because it was adapted thought- into a film – Blade Runner. Oh really? Blade Runner. Oh yeah. no shit. Wow. Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? And, and uh Sean, do you remember one of the the classic lines from uh from um Blade Runner that I often think of as I see you in our Zoom meetings?
4: I'd rather stick needles in my eyes.
2: No. Wake up! Time to die. <laughs> so that's room seven six zero nine, where we are always happy for your suggestions. I'm glad we were able to get Erasure on. Um, technically, during Pride Month or LGBTQ elemental hey. P. Uh, month for one of our listeners who had nominated Erasure because they're a great synth band. We we did a lot of bass and we did a lot of instrumental new wave. We're going to try and gravitate a little more bit more towards some synth and some more... Uh, I mean, you could have picked uh, maybe an American band
0: uh, post-July 4th, but
2: whatever. Oh, well. Uh, maybe I'm one of the people trying to ruin our culture. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I am an enemy of the people. How dare yeah, you. Uh, Why do you hate America? <laughs> Well, and one of the one of the great patriotic songs that I think is underappreciated not really a good fit for room 7609 but is Charlie Daniels band in America and yeah. Charlie Daniels is no longer with us he is um, he is passed on and may be found near that uh, that polyester suit that Gary Newman hasn't been able to fit into <laughs> since two-way <Boy laughs> army released are things electric but uh, if you never heard in America by the Charlie Daniels band you really got to check it out it is a is a great, great song, rousing, and I think people of all political persuasions will uh, take something out of that. And it's got a message that I think we've tried to talk about on this show that uh, all Americans can come together. I mean, whether you agree or not, come on, let's, let's try and do some simple stuff there. Um, we want to thank you for, for staying with us today. Next week, we have a very special guest. Uh, again, it's a scheduled guest. Sometimes things come up, particularly when people are uh, in the middle of uh, the uh, the, uh, the vortex that is life these days. But next week, our guest will be Mayor Mike Duggan to talk about auto insurance reform. You may have seen his Facebook presentation where he spoke for like an hour and a half on how to save money on your car insurance. We're going to have him join us to talk about some of the questions that we have after watching that lecture and hopefully find a way to save you guys some money it's going to be a very focused show. If there's some like cataclysmic news event, we may throw that at him. but we really want to zero in on this auto insurance. So hopefully you'll be watching for us next week. uh, We'll be on Facebook live on my Facebook page, ML, no periods, Elric. Um, We will also be um, posting that afterwards on Facebook. And, of course, you'll be able to get that show on any place where quality podcasts are found, as well as at our own website, which is mlsoulofdetroit.com, which Facebook still won't let us post, but they will take money from people who hate America. So kiss my ass, Mark Zuckerberg. And um, uh, we also want to let you know, if you miss an episode, there's an easy way not to let that happen. Just subscribe. And that way, when a new episode is available, it will pop up. Uh, please share the show. You can donate to the show. Mark is an expert on telling uh, people how to uh, give yeah, to you your, um, money. Give yeah, yeah, give your, money. your money. Yeah, uh, give us your
0: money. MLSolarDetroit.com. There's a donate button. There's a store button that'll take you to Drew and MikeStore.com to buy uh, all your ML material that you want, including the Kami
2: Sutra, which, which hasn't been uh, even plugged that in months. It's actually the Kwama Sutra, the Kami Sutra. Oh, That's one that.
1: Slip of the tongue. Some
2: people in Washington, they like that commie stuff. Ah, even, then now you got another if, book to write. Yeah, so that's true. <laughs> but uh, but And you can also get, you know, we've talked about the hockey jerseys. We are almost out of the blue ones, but these sweet white ones are still available. And I'm looking forward to wearing it on uh, this Thursday night. Uh, we also have a, a sale on the hockey jerseys. If you buy one, you'll save 20% and get a free signed Kwame Sutra. Oh, we also have go. our T-shirts, our hats our stickers. And because we're psycho about masks here, we are trying to figure out a way to make masks or gaiters available uh, on the website. I found a really nicely made gator that might be cheap. We're just trying to get to a point where we think it's a deal for you and where you don't have to wait two months for it. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, we're trying to get that ready for you in time for fall. So, uh, And check out all the other great merch at drewandmikestore.com. There's stuff from all the shows. And I understand Charlie Ladoff has a T-shirt does. that's going great. It just says, what does it say, fix stuff? Fix the shit. Fix the shit. Now, it'd be cool if on the back it told people how, but I've, it's a good message. So well,
0: it's not our job to fix stuff. It's uh, people elected people to fix stuff.
2: If you need some work done on a car or you want to buy a car, check out dealsinthed.com, our friends at Zot have some good deals, and they just fixed my car, and I drove up north and back and made it. So I'm Beautiful. very happy about that. If you want to do a little social distancing and see the city in a way most people don't, Michigan Peddler is back open for business. They've been a sponsor of the show before, and we'd like them to be around so we can take some more of their money in the future. That's Michigan, P-E-D-A-L-E-R.com. Of course, there's a lot of great content here on the Red Shovel Network, starting with the No BS News Hour with the aforementioned Charles LaDuff. And then there's, of course, No Filter Sports with Eli, Denny, and Bob. And then the Drew and Mike <laughs> podcast, which you know about. You're here because of them. So why am I even bothering plugging them? But it's good stuff. So check it out. And if you didn't get enough of Mark, there's plenty more. Oh, As Lord. the Depeche Mode might say, when you've had enough, if you haven't had enough of my sea of love, I'll drink more than another river of Mark Fellhauer From your lips. Ooh. So from I think it's Dave Gahn's lift. To my right.
5: ears. Yeah. <laughs> so uh,
2: <laughs> that's pretty much it, boys. Thanks for sticking around. Be safe. Take care of yourself. Buy our swag. Read the free press. Subscribe to a newspaper. And if you're not getting the stories you want, reach out to them and yell at them because people yell at us. And you know what? We might not always be able to respond, but we always listen. Right, Sean? Right. And on that point, we agree. <laughs> so that's when Cyrus comes in to take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? <laughs> Can you dig it? <laughs> Can you dig it? <laughs> Happy anniversary.
4: America's favorite couple is celebrating. It's the high flying season premiere.
1: Boom! Of Soul of Detroit. Detroit.